0: This episode is sponsored by Atlanta's Clothing. From our drug lord collection to Atlanta's Return of the Vipers. All shirts and all all shirts are available now. Head to Atlanta's Clothing.com and shop today. Alright guys, so I'm back today with another super dope episode of the Cash Color Canvas Podcast. We're we're recording live at my favorite place on earth, which is live Hip Hop Daily down here in downtown Atlanta. And on today's episode, I get to talk about stress. Now, for those who don't know, I actually have been tad this stressed out. Like, my life is just you know what I'm saying? If y'all, y'all can imagine it. But um, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person dealing with just trying to figure out ways to properly deal with stress to where you're not screaming on people or shooting at kids with water guns like <laughs> you're a <coaching them>. Gucci <laughs> And I thought the first person to help me out with this was my good friend, Sia. Most of y'all might know her from Yellow Mac Yoga. I know her just because even speaking to her makes you lower your stress levels. So I would love to introduce you tonight. Sia, how are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing good. That's a great compliment. I want people to feel more calm around me, so yeah, i got to practice. You do it very well, man. You do it very well. And like I mentioned, most people probably know you from Yellow Mad Yoga. But I mean, if you can, just please, for those who are not familiar, just introduce yourself and let them know what you do. Uh,
1: yeah, my name is Sia. Uh, I claim Atlanta as home, but I'm from all over. and. Um, I never had any plans to be a yoga teacher. I, my background is in advertising and sports management, so I had probably one of the most high-stress jobs that you could ever imagine in life. Uh, but I was really good at my job, and I liked that level um, of like intensity. I think that's maybe like my athlete background. I'm always trying to be in competition and stuff. Uh, but it was really intense. So I did that cliche thing, I was like, for sure if I quit my job and become a yoga teacher, life will get much easier. So I did just that, that was five years ago. I left corporate America, went to yoga teacher training, said, uh, I'm gonna just keep this in the background and teach a lot of means. And what I didn't know was, oh, this was the thing that I was looking for that maybe if I would've had in the time that I was uh, you know, doing, my, doing my job, that would've helped to moderate some of my stress, So five years later, I now, my main project is Yellow Map Wellness. I'm a full-time yoga and meditation teacher, most specifically trauma-informed yoga. So I teach other yoga teachers to go teach in jails, schools, homeless shelters, foster care centers. Um, And there's an interesting path in there of how I got into cannabis. So um, I'm right at the intersection of wellness and cannabis. So I'm now the creative director of Rare Bird Botanicals, which is Hella cool to even say that. <laughs> you do a lot of things, man. You know, and I didn't know
0: about your corporate background. Cause yeah, sports management, marketing. Were you so? Were you that?
1: Yeah, so I've been um, a competitive volleyball player my entire life. I thought I was going to be a professional volleyball player, and a whole different trajectory of my life for coaching. Well, volleyball player me Oh, gotcha! Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a lot really, of aggression. Y'all are
0: really competitive. Like I'm <laughs> super favorite, competitive. i have not seen Broad City, but like how Abby was like Abby competitive. Like they get Abby competitive. Like they'll push you over. Well, let's not play tic tac toe. Now, <laughs> crazy though. though let's not Let me changed. tell you something. Y'all <laughs> saw the video of me shooting water guns. The girl I was shooting at, my, my niece Kennedy. She's a future volleyball star, so you understand why I had to go so hard. Oh, and I'm a go. Yeah, super intense. Yeah, yeah. But I love that level
1: of intensity. I love like teamwork I have always loved that. And so I think that that transferred over to this really fast-paced like new business corporate I was working on 40-50 100 million dollar advertising accounts when I was 27 years old. So, it was really rapid. Well, a lot I, of stress. You made a you made a uh, I guess I a, a very
0: unusual transition there from corporate America to saying I'm I'm going to be doing yoga now. Well, um, how, did yoga, how did the, the yoga, yellow mat yoga start and like what was, that, what was that transition like for you as far as getting used to not being in corporate America and now it's you know yoga pants and <laughs> yoga pants. Totally are, different. Yeah totally different.
1: Um, I had a I think if I, I try to find like where my entry point into yoga was and I say I'm pretty I know that my dad had one of those like Rodney Yee yoga on the rocks <laughs> videos when I was a little kid <laughs> that everybody remembers <laughs> but I remember that. The first formal time I remember a yoga practice was in volleyball preseason. my coach popping in a tape. That was the first time that I had a yoga practice and I was like, oh, this is lame, let's go sprint, let's go hit some volleyballs. It was just too uh, slow, too really mindful. It. Really to oh, do like don't talk to me unless we're gonna sprint or climb up something. That's, that's how I wanna work out, uh, throw some tires. And so <laughs> when I graduated from college, I went from being a, I played volleyball from nine until 23. And then overnight, I was in a corporate advertising office right in Buckhead. And my life was different. I felt, I used the term, I was like fat I was like eating snacks every day and sitting, but I was still was working out. And nobody taught me how to just train for a living. I only had ever known how to be an athlete. So I remember going to a gym that was, you know, right by my apartment and like, I'm gonna take yoga. Yoga's the easy class. I got
0: my butt kicked, mm-hmm. I got
1: my butt kicked. And so it was that competitive nature right there that actually started me back to yoga. That was 15 years ago. So I've been practicing yoga for 15 years. You know
0: what, leaving sports, especially if you're being competitive for a long time, is hard, mm-hmm. I could vouch for that. Like I played basketball competitively from 13 all the way up to my 20s. Mm-hmm. And then um, literally I say stop, because I, I still played until my 20s, but I stopped abruptly, sophomore year of college, I was playing. Yeah, and I remember telling my coach, I'm done with this show, right? And he thought I was joking. He said, bro, I'm going to keep this uniform for you, right? There's wow. no way you're not going to keep playing. But it's a different level of stress even with that. And it took me, um, even I think I was 19 at the time, it took a real coming to come into Jesus moment for me to say, this is wearing me out mentally, and I'm not going to be a pro. You know what I'm saying? So I really got to figure out what else I can do. Because what I did want to do was be what I see a lot of brothers become, which is a 30-year-old semi-pro basketball player. Mm. You know and never think <laughs> to yourself about Whoa. how many other skills you could have used the skill set. Yeah,
1: I'm too competitive. So there's probably <laughs> plenty of times that I could have said I'll take a different path, but I I Love volleyball. I love that competitive. I love sports. I love the competitive the team building nature. But long story short, I went ahead and transferred that over to my Corporate job when you work in these big teams and all these big projects, I guess it was the closest that I could get to it What um, I started practicing yoga on and off, and it was that same thing. I say to people that I say my yoga's 15 years, but it's like I go to a gym for a couple months, you know you're feeling stretched out, got your hamstring loose, and then work would pop up, a dude will pop up, and I'll quit yoga for a year. And then when that's over, i get back on the mat, be tight, tired, stiff, and I would start again. In 2015, I made it back to Atlanta for whatever reasons. I was out in LA and I came back to Atlanta like, oh, rent's cheap, Want to come back. And uh, New Year's resolution, I found a yoga studio again like on a Groupon. And I said, I'm gonna start going again. Uh, But the only difference is this time I didn't stop. And so when you're going to yoga once a week, yeah, you're gonna feel a little better. When you go to yoga two times a week, mm, you start noticing some difference. By the time you're going to yoga three or four times a week, um, I always say, It's not that you notice what's happening in your body. I started noticing that when I was going to work, by the time I got into the parking lot, my shoulders were up around my ears and I was gripping the steering wheel, and I was pretty much having a panic attack. Every day I got to work because I was so stressed out. That's what you start to notice. Why do I feel so calm when I do this thing? And then when I'm around these people, we're in this place, we're doing this thing, I don't feel any of that. That's what starts happening when you have a more consistent wellness practice, for me it
0: was the It And was that the moment you also knew that I gotta get out of this corporate situation, like there's no way that, like you say, you can go from one extreme to the other, I like, go from being really relaxed and really in a good centered place, to your shoulders are up here, and literally I gotta deal with this for eight hours. Like, was that that moment?
1: Uh, yeah, no, isn't that the way that it was? <laughs> I was like, let me work some more. Oh, I probably just need to go get a drink. Yeah. I just need to go do any other thing. So I think there's a point where you might start noticing the differences, but I was looking at 401k my 401k, what do you do? What do you do when you're this stressed out? Or the messages that I've gotten from my family are, you can sleep in your bed, everybody's working this hard. I have that athlete mentality. So um, it was actually very difficult for me, even when I knew I needed to make a change, from the time that I said, okay, I think that it's time for me to leave my job, I wanna say it took me eight months. Jeez. Eight months. A painful eight months. I tried to do a sabbatical. I tried to make a work from home. I tried to do a lot of things until I was like, you know what? I'm going to give y'all my two month notice. <laughs> so I got enough time to figure out when I'm going to leave. And that was December of 2015. So January 2016, basically overnight, I was all of a sudden, I went from a senior account executive, account director running a multi million dollar advertising account. To just being an unemployed yoga teacher student,
0: and that was a little. We could talk about that in a different episode. <laughs> That's crazy, man. You know what? um But your story is, is very familiar to a lot of people right now, which is why I have you on. People are going through a very hard transition. I feel we're watching between COVID, which started off, you know, a couple of months ago. You've had people probably who were like yourself. They were. They were really. um they, they were so used to the stress level and used to that job and became part of their personality. So to be a part of it was kind of weird. Forcing them to stay home, and then now you have this, what they keep on a new normal you gotta get used to, has to be blowing some people away. So I wanna to talk to you about how people can deal with some of that stuff. Like I'm pretty sure now that I do know your background even more, you should be able to talk and speak about that. For some of the people now who are now transitioning home, you know, they're now stuck home, this is something brand new to them, and they're probably having a hard time trying to adjust. Like, what would be some advice you would give to somebody like that who is having that hard time trying to adjust to this new normal right now? Yeah. So my personal experience was, I think
1: I said, I thought that the solution to my problem was the job. So most certainly the schedule, Atlanta traffic in 2015, 2016, you know. I was sitting in traffic for an hour and 15 minutes from East Atlanta to Buckhead one way taking calls in the car, I'm with working me. all day, and turning back around. I have now a 17-year-old daughter who was going into middle school. I was on every PTA board I coached. I was trying to go to church and make my workout. I was trying to eat, right? I was trying to do all those things and stay up on Love & Hip Hop. Like, it was too much that, when you talk about to stress. Did you develop a new hour in the day? Oh yeah, I was day. trying to, but, it, but again, it was just this like, I think Instagram and social media culture will have you feel that everybody's accomplishing everything yeah. all the time. And so I was doing the same thing. I'm going to hop on a jet, get back, do all this, no weekends. Um, and so when I left my job, a very interesting thing started happening is that almost every day at right around 9 a.m., I would start to feel that same, like, little butterfly in my stomach or like tightening of my chest like I had some place to be. It was like that same sort of anxiety or it would get to be late night and I'm still like on the computer trying to tap out my next yoga sequence or who I need to find to teach classes. And so what's actually most horrifying for me was like, oh, it ain't got nothing to do with the job. It is literally me that is causing all of the stress Overwhelmed, upset, and it got nothing to do. That I stay up till three o'clock in the morning watching Netflix and instead of getting in my sleep. It has nothing to do that my diet is trash, and I'm, I'm considering myself to try to get better in my health. So those were the really painful sort of waking ups. That oh snap, now I'm just broke and stressed <laughs> because now I'm trying to like go back and unlearn most of the habits that i've learned and picked up in corporate america to make me successful like i was really rewarded for the way that i operated you know listening
0: to you i mean i was having stress like that i used to work for apartments.com for a while and i worked you know it was one of those um, offices where you you could literally walk in the building and stand and you could see all the cubicles of people just in their phones just going and i hated it they paid amazing and i used to hate walking in the like I would almost cry. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That ain't There's not enough yeah. money
1: that they could give you. There's no. not enough switching of your time. I remember for some while I was like, I'll get this. How many people are like, oh, I'll get this check so long as I can work from home. Yeah. And then it's the work that you're doing is still you're exchanging hours of your life for it. So I started finding myself like, why am I on this 40-person status call that I put together that not, nobody's going to pay attention to? Why am I working on this project that's absolutely going to get put on hold again? and not doing anything for myself. So those are the things that I was really having to pause and take a look at,
0: and that that, that was important. So what I, what, what I feel like I'm hearing you say is, you're yeah, basically that at, at some point, we have to take a beat, you know, and just pause and think to yourself, I am stressed. Now, you believe it might be the job, I mean, like, it might be a, a ton of other things, but thinking again, in the looking in the mirror moment, what am I doing? to um, cause a lot of distress stress, you know what I mean? Am I walking into this building already knowing I hate it? And I think that was part of my stress. I'm, I'm waking up in the morning knowing <laughs> I hate this thing. So if, if that's a whole another level of stress right there. Like I come, when I come to life, about daily, I always call this my therapy personally. I'm an introvert just by nature, I don't like being in front of cameras, but this helps me. This is my peace, but I've never come in here and felt stressed out. But I realized after when I was working and coming here that my stress level would lead the minute I walked out of that job, and as I'm walking down the street, I feel myself like melting, like it's a different level of things. Right? And yeah, it's crazy that you have to really look at it like that you feel like life is nothing but working and trying to make this check and trying to do this. Yeah. But it's like, how much of this is killing me where I really could just really, like you say, take a step back and really just reevaluate my life and think to myself, how is this, one, how can I sustain myself in a way that is not gonna make me wanna blow my brains out? Yeah. So the pause of what you said,
1: is important, and I don't think enough people spend a time with a pause. And I mean that in the sense of we're immediately into action. So have you ever seen anybody on Friday they were eating trash, and on Monday they're going to be a vegan? And it's like you can go. On. <laughs> I mean, me too. I'm sorry, I'm talking right to me. And so it's just the. I think again we have this thing that if you sign up for this course, if you get this book, if you go on this retreat then all of a sudden you're going to have this instant gratification and I had to learn a very painful way that it has been more challenging for me to figure out the things that I need to stop doing than the things
0: that I need to start doing. You know you you briefly touched on something I did want to kind of speak on which is um, I feel like one thing that's really stressing people out that I've noticed Especially being in quarantine is um, FOMO, the fear of missing out. Yeah. And I thought that when I heard J Cole's um, "Snowing" was "Snowing the Bluff" record, mm-hmm. I said, "Boy, you must really be bored." <laughs> like, like what, what was the purpose of inserting yourself into the situation other than you just felt you needed to? And that, again, I could put myself in that in his those, those shoes because, like, uh, there's so many times I've been online and I, I, I wanted to go to a protest. I wanted to do so many things. Yeah. I felt that I've done this. I've done the protests. I've been there since Mike Brown and Trayvon Martin's. Right now, I feel like the most thing I can do for my own peace of mind is not. You know, and I feel like, again, it goes back to, the, to taking a beat thing. We have this nonstop 24-hour news cycle that happens even through our own personal social media channels that make us feel like we are not doing enough and we're not doing something. And you almost force yourself into action, which is now forcing yourself into stress. Yeah. I have to check myself about that so many times that just because you're seeing this on repeat and people are trying to guilt you into doing something doesn't mean you should You know? I think I got a little practice at quarantine in this time that like, again, I was
1: happy hour queen five days a week. I set up all the parties that you would come to, to overnight I was a team and a business of one. And so I just think I got a little practice in quarantine of what does it feel like when you're making intentional choices to not be always in the action. And I think it makes us, when you have to sit with yourself for a little bit, when you have to sit with the people that are closest to you in your space, it really calls up some stuff that maybe you have been able to get out the house to a happy hour and, yeah. and drink Rich. away, that you've been able to get away for a weekend. And really, this these last few months of being made to sit still, we all know how to be in action, but so many of us do not know how to sit still. And I'm saying that for I had to practice that diligently. And I'm still only a little bit at it. You no, know, and I think it's
0: something you really have to practice because we have spoke off air about um, you were practicing your consumption. Yeah. And I think that's something we really, it goes back to taking a beat. you got to learn how to slow down your consumption. And we're talking about not cannabis consumption. We're yeah. talking about um, social media, TV, radio. you got to slow down how much you are consuming because you are, you're spending more time at this moment. There is no breaks. You're just yeah. hearing constantly over and over again, this person died, this just happened. Trump just said this. All this stuff is driving you crazy all the time at the same time. How did you
1: res- I ask everybody, uh, now that it, now that we've been a little bit like past just that initial part of quarantine, I'm like, how were your first three weeks? Because my first three weeks, I cried. I just I cried because my whole schedule overnight, international trips, graduation, celebration, everything cancelled. Me too. I went to drinking <laughs> shortly after that. Like whoop, Nothing else to do. It's 11 o'clock. Every meeting is canceled. I don't have to put on pants, real pants if I don't want to. And then I think I had the chance to clear that out. And so I was like, hmm, what about all this free time? You know, you've been just saying, if I just had one extra week to get it done. And so then that started to come up to me. All this list of projects, all this to-do list that I've had, all these, you know, more times that I wasn't hustling. I turned into a yoga hustler. I was teaching 18 to 20 hours of yoga a week which is insane, <laughs> in addition to my own personal practice. And I realized that why was I trying to fill this space? What was really meaningful when you talk about consumption? Was I just consuming because I was bored, because I needed something to do, because that's what made me feel worthwhile? Or was I consuming, now that I could choose anything, any show to watch, anything to do, any activity,
0: I was consuming a lot of sleep, And a lot of evidence. I think my first three weeks, I mean, because I got ripped off the same way. Like, I'm going to give y'all a heads up. Prior to them announcing um, the quarantine, I got sick. And I wasn't sure if it was COVID or not. But I know for four straight days, that was the most pain, the most sickness I've ever had experienced in my life. And then on the th- fourth day, this is where Nicole. I remember Nicole messaged me and saying, "You know they they just canceled South by Southwest." And then I was like, "Oh, so I really don't know what the hell I'm <laughs> do for the next three weeks. My wife will to come back for two weeks." Is that when the coronavirus
1: was real? It was yeah. It was when crazy. they canceled South by Southwest, yeah.
0: I was like, "Yes, whoa, yes. Oh, we're not playing." I remember telling I remember telling Nicole. She said, "Do you think they'll do it?" Hell no, hell, we hell got, no. We got a group of media passes and shit. <laughs> They're not canceling shit. And then she hits me the very next day, I'm laying on the couch still trying to get past whatever sickness is in my body, and she says, Yeah, they canceled it. And I go online and now here. shut. Sure. Now here I am with need to slow my consumption. Because I'm, sure. I'm just going from scroll to scroll to scroll. Every page is somebody talking about south by southwest. Then you get the people with the deep dives and we got the blog posts. and I'm like, Lord, I didn't know what to do. Like I, at one point I heard my mom asked me, How many times do you go to the grocery store? Like I went to the grocery store daily, man. <laughs> the grocery store every, every day. day.
1: That's how I get out. Yeah,
0: yeah, like a young thing. I was trying to find stuff to do versus thinking to myself, like you just said, I literally had a list of things that I could have coordinated that would actually help me not be so stressed out about all this stuff that I apparently is being cancelled and things I was already planning. I had already I already planned out the money that I could make from South by South, I already planned up the money I was gonna make from South by Southwest. You know what I mean? So all that was like a whole different situation. You saying? Yeah. So, so yeah, all that blew my mind. So yeah, my first three weeks, I spent a lot of it at Kroger, Walmart. Um, I mean, my shirt printer, we got real cool. You know what I'm saying? check out these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I made a door to check out to and get
1: stuff. to the mailbox. Like it was a whole. Like I was hey, trying to plan these. Gigantic Europe. things are just going, right I, met, up to my I no. met my neighbors, I met my neighbors, <laughs> you know, for the first time like really outside So I'm walking about in the park for no reason by my house it was like not, it's just I, a I literally do. didn't know what to do with
0: myself, you're right, like yeah. the first three weeks was kind of confusing Other than watching, um, trying to slow my consumption down, I, I actually got hooked on watching first 48 on <laughs> three weeks And that's
1: something you really don't want to get hooked on watching Tiger like, King, oh. I, went, I went in on that, I was watching episodes or whatever, it was like for a while, for I think there was one week Totally felt like summer break. I was like, okay, I will do any work at all this week and just veg on the couch. Yeah. And no, also not good for me. No, Over no. consumption. No. no. Over yeah. consumption.
0: I did that. I, I overdid it on Netflix. Like I did watch the Tiger King. Tiger King's the most, like Joe Exotic is the most toxic human being <laughs> Don't ever praise him. We gave too much shine. We don't too don't much praise that man. He made, he made his mom go bankrupt to fight a stupid battle. Like, like, never cheer somebody own like that. <laughs> But I did, I got, I got knee deep in all that stuff, man. It was a bizarre world for me. It took another couple of weeks. Matter of fact, thank the Lord. It took the laying of his clothing to kind of get me into mm. a good space because what I did notice was everybody else was staying at home and buying stuff. Sure. So now i got to keep sure. up with orders. Now i got to do things like that. They finally gave me another reason to do stuff. Yeah. Then I started thinking, well, I think I have to do this. I could be working on, a, on the website. I could be sure. figuring out advertising. I could be doing things. I could be generating money and helping me not be staring at TV over. You know, and there's other people, so I'm pretty sure. Y'all stand in a lot of porn, though. You know what I mean? You stand in a lot of porno, man. It's three in the afternoon. There's only, there's only so much not degenerate you are at, when at 2 p.m., like, you are you are on page 54. Make my whole
1: to do list by 11 a.m., which was go check the mail, go to the grocery store. What else is there to do? Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm to get yeah,
1: there's a lot of people. Next I week, think that's, week. that's how OnlyFans got this like real initial bump. Same I think that's how OnlyFans got this whole initial Girl, bump. You
0: know how <laughs> people are only subscribed to just to support? I was like, I almost like you support. It turned into community economics in this really
1: weird and trashy yes. I, mean, I was buying trash on the internet that exactly. I had no business, that no. I knew it was not even that good quality. But you're
0: right, but I feel like um, that was one thing that people should take apart and realize in this time that rather than, I guess, doing, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm thinking about my father right now. My father passed away when I was 17, but um, he passed away from lung cancer, but he also had Alzheimer's. And when I think about my dad, my dad is the quintessential I've worked all my life. Like, he's been working since we were 13. And then I remember him saying all day until he retired, I can't wait to just not do nothing. But I don't think your mind and your body is prepared to not do nothing. You're, you did something every day in your life and then I slowly watched his mind mm. go back. Mm. I think that sometimes you gotta—you you, you are so tied into your life of yeah. I gotta go to work, I gotta take care of my family, I gotta go do this, I gotta do that. I can't wait till the day I retire. Then you I never thought well. about retirement It's just more of you staring
1: at yourself. You know what I mean? Like what you don't gonna figure out do? what you're going to do, I'm so glad that you bring that up because if we get right back in the story of, so 2016, um, We know how 2016 turned out but at the beginning of 2016 i just said i'm gonna try this yoga thing i was dealing with all this stress and trying to figure out i was trying to do a yoga hustle and a very the most impactful thing in my life um and person influential person in my life is my father my father is an incredible musician builds bases for a living and um has been a musician my whole life and and he's just so creative so innovative His mantra is, you can sleep when you're dead. We got work to do. He's always working on a project. That's where where I get that energy from. And so um, in July, which is incredible, we're coming up now on the anniversary of four years ago. I talked to my dad that night. There was a a presidential debate that was about to come on. Um, I remember hemming and hawing about I got to rush off the phone because I got to do some yoga thing. And he's the same way. The next morning at about 6.30 a.m., I get a text message from my aunt that says, your dad has had a massive stroke. You need to call the doctor. And um, overnight, my dad um, busted a blood vessel on the left side of his brain. If not for the grace of God, the paramedics, the ambulance, everything that came together, he was transferred to one of the best stroke facilities in Pennsylvania, where he was at the time. But when I talked to the doctor at 7 a.m. in the morning, I said, if your dad makes it through the day, he will not walk ever again, he will not speak, he will not breathe on his own, he will not eat food, your father's a vegetable. And I said, what is the cost? And he said, I think it's stress.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. That, that right there, at the time I was teaching in yoga studios, I, I was talking every day at this time about wellness. Like I was teaching, but I really had to pause and sit for myself Like at that time. Like what am I really talking about wellness if I'm not living it and if literally the people closest to me are out here dying behind it. it. It was absolutely the most devastating thing, like still to write down, My dad is four years later in recovery. He still cannot walk, still cannot talk, he still cannot use, use of his right hand. He hasn't played the bass in four years. It's been a long and hard road back. My dad, I thoroughly believe, will make a full recovery. And, um, and so that started me on that path to figure out what is wellness, how can i give it to my father what would someone need my dad was a healthy guy he walked to play racquetball every day he drank too much sweet tea he didn't drink or smoke he, he ate a, you know some crazy food at the cookout same things but it was the first time that that is what really came into my brain i don't think that we individually we collectively and communally especially as black folks have ever worked ourselves out of that mentality that not only are we not slaves, but we don't, also don't need to work ourselves to death in slavery. And I, I had to see my father learn that a really hard way.
0: Sorry, you know, I'm sorry to I'm glad he's still here for yeah, you. Here. You know, listening to that just reminded me of one of your own quotes. I believe you said a black woman in wellness is like a firefighter who goes out to save homes while coming back to your own house being a fire. I that? <laughs> yeah, you said Walk up back yeah. to your own house being on fire, just remind you saying that reminds me of that quote day. Yeah, you're at this place and you're helping other people put out fires, but you at your own crib and like the whole bitch is burning. You know what I
1: mean? And and by the way, I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't see any smoke or fire. Yeah. Because I in trying to um to serve and to show up for other people. I know that you've heard that cliche term, like is your cup full when you're pouring from it? I was pouring from a totally empty cup, I have the best playlist, I can rock you out of class, everybody's feeling calm, and then I'm right to the next thing. So it really, um, I think that that was probably, for sure, it has been the biggest shift and change in my life. And you know, it's really relevant right now because we talk about this like pandemic and everything that's going on, everybody keeps talking about sickness. But nobody's talked to me about wellness yet. Nobody's talked to me about feeling better. Nobody's talked to me about those things. And so that's the conversation that has become most important, but it's for me first. So my whole work has been, I feel selfish. I feel guilty. I feel lazy. I feel all of these things just to take a break, just to take rest, just to take care of myself. And I know it's not me. I, I know that that's our whole hustle mentality, like the whole culture.
0: I like that though, you realize that self-care is the Popeye's and chicken sandwich. Self-care
1: <laughs> is Popeye's chicken sandwich. It's a good joint. It's stopping talking to people who do not lead to your mental and emotional wellness. It's turning your phone off for real, for real, and going away. It's deciding, do you need to be at this job or not? It is deciding everything from the clothes that you wear to how you're gonna structure your day. I hate waking up early. I don't wanna to talk to nobody before 10 a.m. But I never decided to make that that an important part of my wellness until recently. Bro, that's my jam, like getting up
0: at 5 a.m. when nobody else is up. Oh, man. That was a punishment just, for me most of my volleyball career. <laughs> so To this moment, when I wake up at 5 a.m. and somebody else wakes up, then I'm upset and stressed. <laughs> like, you it away. like I said, like, like my, my wife is watching. She'll, know, she'll routinely do that. Not routinely. Can't that. I wake up at my 6 o'clock and I'll be foot on the couch and it's quiet. I hear the door open. I'm like, door, what you doing the <laughs> I'm the opposite way. Y'all can have all of that. I don't even want to be in
1: with other humans until at least 11 a.m. I'll talk to you on the phone at 10. Yeah. And I spend that time now, it doesn't mean that I wake up at 10. It means that between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m., that is my time for me to gather myself, for me to meditate, pray, work out, roll my awesome joy, catch up in whatever
0: sense. See, that goes back to taking the beat. Like, I feel like we need to find a personal, like, self-care schedule like that. And again, self-care doesn't always have to be, like you say, jumping in a hot tub and doing mm-hmm. stuff like that. My self-care is getting up at 5 a.m., and hearing crickets, you know what I mean? Because I know sure. that in another couple of hours, it's not gonna be that. Sure. And trying to just trying to and, uh, bask in that little small amount of time when it's dark, I can listen to my devotional. I can scroll through the timeline. It's not like insanity at <laughs> in this moment, you know what I mean? And I can just get off and really just sit here in the dark and say to myself, "Okay, I'm good now." Yeah. And that's that's my that's my thing right now. So let's pick it quickly. To uh, congratulations Ooh. on Rare Birds. Uh, I know what Rare Birds is. For those who don't tell us what Rare Birds is.
1: um So, when I left corporate advertising, I became a freelancer. So, I'm a Rare Bird. I'll basically work on any project. You know, I'll be saying this cliche like, I'll babysit your kids, I'll walk your dog, and that's pretty close. I'll make your a website, I'll build you a marketing strategy, I'll launch a product. I got skills. I got skills. So, I got skills. Walking <laughs> so, that was just around for a little bit. And then again, um, the first time that I went to go visit my dad after I had been with him in the hospital, uh, I don't know if you know about stroke recovery, but it comes with an increased incidence of anxiety and depression. And specifically when a person is nonverbal, imagine my dad has a specific form of aphasia, which is a communication disorder caused by his brain injury, which means that he knows what he wants to say, that every time he goes to speak, it doesn't come out. Could you imagine the anxiety
0: of that? They are so frustrated. So I could see that
1: when I went to go and see my father in the nursing home, I could see that in his eyes. And this was, again, 2016 you were still getting like CBD rolled up in little brown paper bags and I was trying to find out who had it for real. It was like, is it real dope or not? not. And so I was looking at like, how can I find something? My dad was on 17 different medications. I can't go to the doctor and say, oh, can you also put him on something for his anxiety that he's having? So that's what made me start looking for, how does this work? I'm an athlete. I wore the dare shirt, so it was like cannabis was forever a no for me because it don't help my performance. I don't need that, so I had a totally different perspective of cannabis. But hey, we'll try it. Let us put down the wine and try something else. So, me looking for products for my dad—that was my first engagement with CBD. In 2017, I started coming to this little top podcast that I saw in Atlanta, Cashed on Canvas, started sitting right there on that little thing, literally because I wanted to learn. I just needed to hear from people, experts. I didn't see you no know, women in the business. I was I was trying to find, I was trying to consume that to understand how to help my dad. Um, what that turned out for me to notice is that, oh, CBD is marketing. Oh, stuff, I know that. I started reading labels, I started reading brands, and I couldn't figure anything out. And so I realized that I needed to get educated about it. So, rare bird botanicals, um, A year and a half ago I became a certified cannabis sommelier. I basically can tell you two things about your weed, how good it is and how it'll make you feel when you smoke it. I now um, have had extensive education and research. I've done most of my training in Boulder, Colorado, and I'm really grateful to have met friends in the industry who have opened up their farms and their dispensaries and their grow houses to me and just said, you know, I've just said, I'm looking for something to help my dad. But what I really didn't realize is that, of course, it was to help me too. I cannot take care of other people until I can take care of myself. So I want to take such good care of my father that it became utmost important, if before he tries anything, I got to be the person to try it. And then I started realizing what it was really doing. So um, I started to learn about cannabis. Um, and so given that um, education and really working on that, my specialty is in terpenes, We can totally nerd out about that. And I love saying that I'm a weed nerd. I love you, a weed nerd. I'm a weed nerd. Let's go in. And so um, Rare Bird Botanicals is the product of that sort of creative inspiration that I love. Uh, I started Yellow Mountain Wellness because I didn't want it to be Sea Collins Yoga on a lot of things. I started Rare Bird Botanicals just as a creative endeavor to show that if we're gonna create brands and products, they can be beautiful, they can be educational, they don't have to be gimmicky, they can be one good thing. Um, and we should maybe start moving in that direction if we're going to talk about wellness and matters that, that my wellness looks good to. So so what are the
0: products that Rare Bird present?
1: Um, so I want to present Rare Bird as like a design and creative agency that really specializes in cannabis brands and products. So Rare Bird Botanicals, this is a thousand milligram full-spectrum hemp oil um, and I have been specializing in custom terpene blends. So this summer I'm dropping super lemon haze and blue dream. And it's really cool to help people. I think that for so many of us, I know for me personally, my perception came from a couple of times that I engaged in smoking weed, which is probably some trash from the baseball players on the college campus. right mean. trash, right? And then, um, premium hemp flower, what I realized is that I definitely had that stigma of being a smoker, like, oh, you don't need to do that, that's like a real pothead. And my my continued experience with cannabis and particularly hemp flower was more beneficial to me than oil. So I started to understand, when I started to understand the properties of the plant and why it's so beneficial, I was like, wow, I just didn't know. I had to learn it the same way I would learn any practice. So I really started making this my practice. I was rolling joints as a meditation practice for about a year. My joint rolling has gotten really good. <laughs> and so Rarebird curates uh, premium hemp flowers and botanical blends. So everything that you think of, it's not just about cannabis. Cannabis is a flower like anything else. So I care about integrated wellness. And I hope that that's what shows up when you look and when you consume Rare Bird.
0: Good. So what are some of those? You have some sticks right there for us. What are, what are those? Oh yeah,
1: so this is uh, a combination of Dolce Hayes, a wonderful uh, strain that's uh, Rare Bird Botanicals, but I custom blend with organic herbs. So in this is a blend for heart opening and compassion. It's got rose petals, uh, mullein, raspberry leaf, a whole bunch of just good stuff. So I've been getting a little like, you know, witchy cooking in the kitchen with
0: you know, we, we, we uh, it, oh, this is, is this possible? All of these things, yeah. Shout yeah. out to Dr. Moby, uh, <laughs> Professor Moby. We actually had somebody come on, um, early, earlier, last, well, excuse me, last month with Smoking Lips. And she was discussing with us the importance in, of learning how to smoke flowers. Yes. And when I heard you talk about the mix of I was thinking about Dr. Uh, Professor Moby. I agree, I agree. And so, let's just start talking
1: about plants and plant medicine and that folks have been using that. And so uh, one of the biggest things that I've realized, and this is the same, what I didn't know that I was jumping into when I started really down the path as cannabis and the reason why I wasn't telling anybody, I was telling people, I'm a yoga teacher and I sort of do this thing over here. The reason why I'm so um, forward now about talking about this is because um, I started teaching a class two years ago called Cannabis is the New Kale at my yoga studio. (laughs) And the first line of my ad would be, why is a yoga teacher talking about weed? And it's because knowledge is the key to wellness. When somebody just gives you the knowledge, I'm not trying to make you smell no joint, you ain't gotta try none of my oil, I'm not a saleswoman, I'm an educator. And when you start learning what the properties are, not that you saw from that informational video or that pamphlet with the strong dude on it, but when you really start learning the information, make your own decisions. But it's a practice, you have to get lots of access to it. So that's, I didn't know that I was just gonna be educating people, no, this will not make you high. Yes, what does the drug test test for? No, auntie, those pills that you have in your purse are way more detrimental to you than anything that I would give to you. Do you believe me? Those are the conversations I started having. Do you believe me? Do you
0: believe me? Do you believe that I would give you good things, that I would care about your health? I believe you. It's, it's, I, I totally believe you. So I can't wait to try that. And um, so that's that's thing. That's, that's, I was very proud when I didn't hear that you were watching so much. I think that you are you are a great ambassador of of something.
1: Of anything. Of anything. You know, we were kind of talking about the big earlier. Have you seen the big Room yoga documentary? Yes, I've seen. I'm familiar with it from being in the yoga world, and so it's actually really interesting to hear from people who practice that lineage, teachers, or, or practitioners of it. And I've had total experience. For a year and a half, I was a hot power yoga teacher. So Bikram actually like copy, like has ownership of. Beaker yoga in the style, but I taught some of that same sort of, we are in a room that is 102 degrees, 95% humidity, and from the second that I close the door and we finish owning, we're going in. <laughs> and so when people say, oh, yoga's... The easy one. I'm like, oh, you haven't done one of my classes yet.
0: Bro, big room was something else. But like I said, it was almost like how people pay for dominatrix and stuff. It was almost <laughs> like that. that. Like, this man is, has you in a room that's 100 and something degree, and he is literally cursing you the fuck out.
1: But I get to I'm I'm, I will say that um, I get the draw. It's not about what's happening <laughs> in class. It's about you at the end of class. Reflecting on your experience, and I think that's and it, you know, a lot of people sign up for Iron Man's so a lot of people go and uh, My Iron Man is sitting for ten days in silence if you would have asked me a couple of years ago how you, did care, that. you did I that. that That's what that's my claim to fame. That's when you were really I think impressed with me Yeah, sir, yeah because the Iron Man is silence I talk. Can yes. you imagine me being quiet? Yeah,
0: for ten days, that's a long <laughs> ass time It's
1: a long, ten days of no speaking, no writing, no reading, no music uh, no yoga, no smoking weed, no drinking alcohol, yeah. no drinking, no eating, and I didn't eat half sugar. I could do the weed, or the music would be hard for me. Music is hard. I mean, talking, you realize, who am I talking to? Well, I'm always talking in my head all the time. And so, um, it's just really enlightening experience. So whatever your practice, um, I love Yellow Mount Wellness because our um, mantra is practice makes possible. Anything could be a practice if you do it regularly and with some real diligence. So I'm all up if you want to make cannabis your practice, but are you doing it consciously? Are you doing it with that same thing to run away, detach, get away from the things that are happening? So it's, I don't, I'm really glad to come in without this thing. I said, if I ever want to check my yoganess, all I got to do is go hang out with my family for one day. They think this is absolute baloney. <laughs> Practicing, teaching yoga. Um, my mom won't believe in yellow mat until Jesus himself comes Thank to on yellow mat. And I'm grateful for that perspective. Don't ever let me get so high that I turned into Bikram. You know what I'm yeah, saying too. on this?
0: Oh, and also, you know, for those <laughs> that just claim Bikram is a total dirtbag. He's uh, a <laughs> total dirtbag. Total dirtbag, like I'm watching this documentary. His history. teachings are not in alignment with his character. No, 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 no. Not at all, man, but I did appreciate, I mean, well, appreciate, I could admire how he did these things. Like I said, I, I really feel like some people do kind of need to be cussed out. You know, like that's the thing that people actually do need sometimes. It's an interesting I case mean. study in influence. I would ask you, I don't Why, know. what makes
1: you believe something that anyone says. It's because you have a level of trust. I think that when you get into rooms, when you're really working on yourself, and so you have to think about how people uh, attract other people. He was catching people at their most vulnerable. They needed something. They were looking for community. They were looking for a practice. They were looking something to be anchored to. And if you think about that, um, that gives people a lot of power and influence. If you say, try it my way, you'll feel so much better. And people do feel better. I think everybody, wants to feel better, always.
0: That's why we're doing everything that we're doing, is yeah, to feel better. Yeah, at the end of the day, everybody wants to feel better. Uh, what do you feel like is, we're gonna see you in 10 years? In 10? Oh, I hope that didn't stress you out. I'm so stressed. Listen, I wanna
1: make a point here that I teach yoga because I know that I need it the most. And it's the only thing in my whole life that I've ever been able to keep my practice with. So I hope that as people see me, I say all the time, sort of jokingly, I can certainly teach you to stand on your head, but if you're stressed out and if you're an asshole, you're just an asshole who can stand on your head. I'm trying to teach people to be more kind, calm, patient, focused, available Mm -hmm. to handle the stress in their life, and I want to be the example of, I'm trying to live a really intense life, but I just want to now be able to deal with the stress of it and not lose my mind, not go back to eating trash, not go to arguing with people that I love. Not, that matters to me.
0: We're gonna yeah, because I mean I was about to ask you about volleyball as you were talking, I was like, yeah, don't be competitive at it. Like you know what I mean? Like slow that down a little bit. I don't know bit. if that's <laughs> gonna happen, but ten years, I'll answer your
1: question. In ten years, um, I hope to have more people alongside me. Who we've been able to create wonderful things together. I really love uh, creativity, social impact. I would still be doing my same job at whatever ad agency if not for the terrible microaggressions and subtle racism and sexism that I had to face. So I'm glad to make my own thing up. Um, but one, black folks, we are the most creative people I've ever seen. And I love that energy of making new things. So I hope in 10 years, uh, rather than being a talking head or just somebody who gets really paid to sit pretty and like wave to yoga crowds, which I've been doing for the past couple of years, I really hope that I have um, a team, a collective, folks around me who are like down to be making things. Cool, great things. Wellness matters to me. Do you still
0: play volleyball?
1: Still play volleyball? I'll go play with you right
0: now. I got a ball in my car. I got a ball in my okay. car right oh, here. No, no, you know, i have afraid people all the time, about I'm going to get back on the court. I haven't picked up a basketball game <laughs> in about 18 years. I'm pretty sure I died.
1: I'm in better shape now than when I played volleyball in college. I have no pain in my knees, in my shoulders, in my back. I have much more rehab. I'm so grateful for my yoga practice, for bringing my body back to a place of wellness.
0: I feel great when I wake up in the morning. Hey, well, I'm grateful for you coming by. I'm grateful for you sharing your story, and hopefully your story helps somebody else who is dealing with stress, to learn how to one, take a beat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? two, work on the consumption. Work on what you're, you're allowing into your mind and into your body all the time. And three, find a regimen for yourself that, of, of your own self-care regimen. Mine's just waking up at 5 a.m. And you know, I have an alarm set. Mine's wakes up at 5 a.m. And I pray nobody else wakes up either because I need this flower. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I hope people take something from your story, and hopefully that helps them kind of relieve some of the stress that they are
1: Thank you, yeah, I want us all to be feeling better. And uh, if I can say one thing, start where you are. Start where you are. I say this at the beginning of all my yoga classes. I separate people into two groups, and only two groups. Those who are breathing, and those who are not. And if you start separating people into those two groups, and you start deciding which group you wanna be in, it will really give you some clarity on how you wanna move forward. I know which group I wanna be in. This girls, in <laughs> See, I appreciate you coming by tonight. Thank
0: you very much for your time. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm gonna come back. Oh, oh. thanks. Come back. Yeah, oh, I'll I mean, we'll meditate. take that. that. She already said thanks. Like, like yeah, I mean, you can come back anytime. <laughs> 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 and that's Cash yeah. Color campus is a high level of conversation a lot about daily dynamics.